Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. I'm your boy Tactics. Yo, it is just Darcy here. And this is Big Geek Umar, who's reclaimed his microphone. Thank you, Darcy. <laughs> yeah, so we don't no longer sound like he's on a call center, which is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, the worst part was, like, I, I, I went through this, like, a whole song and dance of looking online, trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with this thing, figuring out that, ooh, there's a wrong update. That didn't fix anything. Kept going, kept going. And finally, I just was like, Darcy, help me. He was like, bro, there's a button at the top. It's You've muted yourself for like the last six months. And I was just like. <laughs> so clearly, not the call center you want to call into. <laughs> <laughs> I turned into my mom already. But like, yeah, uh, thanks you, Darcy, for, uh, you know, saving me from forever sounding like from being in call center yeah or returning a microphone that completely works <laughs> exactly yeah so uh i'm, I'm back people I, and hopefully you can hear me better uh and also uh just a house uh, housekeeping uh for those of you who are not watching us live uh we will be putting in in the description below our timestamps for all the topics and trailers that we're going to be covering we're going to be we got a lot of trailers to go through today but also we got a couple of discussion topics having to do with creators of media and executive producers working together versus not working together and then also finally because for some reason on tiktok and youtube this thing has come back after three years the freddie prince jr rant on star wars fandom so those are going to be the topics that we're going to be covering uh today so for those of you who want to see a specific one click the description below for those of you watching us live thank you and stay with us so uh i will just jump in to uh, the first uh, trailer, which was something that I saw this morning. Thank you very much, Darcy. The Bel Air season two trailer dropped this morning or last night. And I didn't even know we got a second season. I was still waiting to hear if like there was going to be a second season, but the second season, uh, second season dropped. And I kinda, I'm, I've actually been really excited to hear what my bros have to say. So Darcy, since you were the first one to, uh, since I got it from you, I want to hear what you think. Yo, I'm just hyped, okay? Like, I've loved the first season. Um, I'm looking forward to the second season, like, like through and through. Um, you know, I, the thing I'm most curious about going into the season is how much of it's going to, again, feel like stories we know and stories that are new, right? Because they, like, they, they pull from all over the place. And, like, I, we, there was hints at there about, you know, when um, uh, Will ended up deciding to, like, leave home for a bit. And you remember that whole funny scene where he, like, goes with Jazz and he goes to find, like, a crib. But, like, it's, like, the most messed up ghetto crib. And he's afraid. There's, like, a big dude. And next <laughs> thing you know, like, Carlton has to come and save him. But then Carlton ends up, like, becoming, like, the gang leader and all that kind of stuff. Like, I wonder, like, well, obviously I'm not going to get that exact part. But, <laughs> like, you know, like, what, what parts are they going to pull, right? Uh, and so I'm always excited to see how they they reference things and how they will take like, oh, that 15 minutes of that one episode and turn that into the core arc for the character for an entire season. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just hyped to see this, especially off the strength of the first season. Um, yeah, I, I strong. You know, uh, I'm, I'm just excited. The only thing I would say that like I saw in here that I was like, I kind of was like, well, I don't really need to. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Is uh, Uncle Phil like going back and the and the, the the dynamics between him and his wife being like like that that kind of drama? I'm like, I just hope that really drama doesn't. That. 
yeah, I, I we've seen it, and I don't want it to feel played out, and I don't want it to feel like like the thing that we always see, you know, in like in like shows and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm hoping that they they don't they surprise us, or it's the trailers blowing it up to be more than it actually is kind of a thing um i feel like we didn't see much of hillary in the trailer or either that i we didn't i didn't folk yeah okay i'm like i'm like i'm pretty sure i'm right on that um you know what i also like about this is that we're seeing also even more of la uh i spent a couple of trips to la and like they're showing off some of venice beach and stuff like that and so i'm just excited to see like you know they the filming a little bit more in the city and it feeling a little more tangible too. Um, I always like that because that's something that like you know the the sitcom would never have had right. Like it's not really meant to yeah. feel like a completely in the city, but making this more real and more actual dramatic will always feel that way. More if we get away from just like the um, big beautiful houses sets that you know aren't exactly always real versus like seeing real locations of la it'll just like connect it and make it feel like this act everything that's in this really could happen um so yeah i'm just excited i'm excited to, to see this season strength this first season was great i just can't wait for more sounds good t yeah i mean initially when i first started watching the first season i I was I, I kind of had mixed feelings about it because I'm so I was so attached to the original the the original sitcom and I wasn't sure how the drop like this dramatic take was gonna pan out and then as I started to kind of continue to watch more episodes it, it it slowly grew on me and now I'm really really into the series and what I'm really excited or looking forward to the most is seeing how they kind of integrate some of the more serious. Um, episodes from the sitcom and how they kind of integrate it and or it rather expand on it in the in this dramatic series right because it seems yeah. like like there's one I re- there's one scene from the trailer where uh, will and carlton are are driving in a really nice car and then they get stopped by the police which was um which i feel is like a callback to like a first episode season. from the earlier like the first season yeah uh <laughs> where they got pulled over kind of thing right Wait. so yeah, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm excited to see kind of more, um, more callbacks or more Easter eggs of that nature. Uh, Tatiana Ali is coming back, which is yo, I saw yeah. that. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, so it seems like we've, uh, yeah, I, I guess we're missing. We're so we're still missing the original um, Jeffrey Carlton hasn't made an appearance. Will hasn't made an appearance, but he's he's kind of. He's kind of hot right now, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he would not be helping. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he should he, probably stay away for a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, we we pretty. Oh, uh, the original Aunt Viv. Jazz. I wonder if yes, and Jazz. I, I don't yeah. think the original Aunt Viv will. You don't think so? Not nah, like um, well, if she's no. In this, like, like, I disagree because they they, they reconciled that, yeah. and I think that's I, true. I think, You're right. I think there's You're a right. lot of power in her coming in, like especially if she could play something of that felt feels redeeming mm-hmm. for her and like what she's gone through yeah and a character that embodies and champions that in a moment for another character struggle oh i think that i think that's a, a you know what you're right. Thing. you're right yeah you're right i i take mine back because like uh, i mean like we had uh uh and vi and uh and viv uh show up in like a, a small scene but still like a good scene nonetheless so like there's no reason why the original and viv couldn't do the same thing yeah yeah she might be expensive though Oh, she's gonna be. <laughs> she might uh, be expensive now. So I mean, yeah, but 
yeah, overall, on, I think overall, I think I, like I'm I'm excited for the show. I, I I really enjoy how it ended off, and uh, there's a lot of story to tell um, that they can, like I said, that they can pull from the original, but also they can also expand on what they've already kind of been creating. I feel like we haven't seen the last of Will's dad. Like there's still a lot of story left in there, so you know it'd be good to see uh, Marlon come back and and make an appearance in in that role. But yeah, overall, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm enjoying the show. Looking forward to where they take things. And yeah. Yeah, I'll say for myself, like, uh, yeah, I was really happy with the trailer myself. I, I, and to find out that this is coming, like the first, the second season starts uh, February 23rd. Mm-hmm. So like next month, it, we, basically in one month's time, we'll be starting uh, season two. Uh, I will say that I agree with you, Darcy. I'm not a big fan of like the Aunt Viv, uh, Uncle Phil uh, dynamic remaining the same. Like I, I, I would have preferred that they, you know, they overcame it, and then uh, him being a stay-at-home dad, and then like you know going back to work. But like it's not causing like rift between the two of them. It's like he's able to support her while taking like a step back in his career, but he's still working, sort of thing. So like I, you know, I, I, I was kind of hoping to go that way. Fucking Michael Eiling, but stay the hell away from this season. But um Michael Ely. It might, yeah, yeah, I always get his last <laughs> name wrong. I always get his last name wrong. I was like, who's Michael Allen? <laughs> I said Ailing. Oh, Ailing. Okay. Yeah. How do you so how do you pronounce it? Ely. Ely. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Ely. But yeah, fuck no him. Michael Ely. Yeah, no Michael Ely. But um I'm I'm really happy that Ashley's there. I kind of hope she's not like a like a one stop shop. I want her to like, yeah. Oh, she still she looks good. Anyway, uh, oh, <laughs> your chat. Also, you're young. Yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yo, they need to uh, bring that dude back. Yo. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, like, if he came back, I would die. But also, I just remember the original Hillary. Also, like, what's been going oh, on with yeah. her? Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like I- I'm looking forward to seeing where this season goes. Um, I hope that he'll not spend too much time of like uh, will not wanting to come back and coming back like I, like the whole thing is like let him like acclimate into bel-air let him be part of bel-air let him go through all that i don't want him to be like back and forth too much though however the fact that he like you know he kind of like bailed remember reminds me of i think it was like season three season three finale he was like he goes back home to philly and he, like, oh, he's like yo I'm not, yeah. I'm not coming back and like the next and like a season premiere they like, they, like throw him back and, like, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, that kind of reminded me of that. So like uh, like Darcy, like you were saying, like you know callbacks, uh, and also tactics. Uh, we'll talk about callbacks. So like uh, yeah, I I like where the show is going. Um, oh, Maybot, will you guys? Yeah, <laughs> Carlton's a gang leader. Sorry, I I missed a whole bunch of. Th- uh, so Carlton's a gang leader. He's not a gang leader. He's just uh, he's like the popular kid at school who's now having to like fall from grace no 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 she's referencing when i talked about when when they went to the ghetto and carlton goes oh ghetto. yeah and, that and was in season to, one he teaches like like the the, 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 the yeah the, the gangsters or whatever like the guys in the hood he teaches them about like how to handle their money and then he ends up just becoming like a thug in this the episode and it's just it's just funny it's just like because it's oh no that was the one where um no, Will said you couldn't you couldn't make it out here. And mm-hmm. so he like goes and makes it out there. And it's just it's just and he's like, Why you sweat me, Prince? <laughs> oh, stop it, man. I died. Oh, you so know good. the big guy in that scene? He died. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, yeah, I know. 
Yeah, oh, it's like C note, and, and also like when he like he's like, wait, I don't, I don't have to listen to her. It's like, boy, do not test me. <laughs> yes, man. You know, you know who I would love to see come back, not for like a big thing, just to I, like one of the prep school kids' fathers. I I just want to see Cornflake. I just want to see him come back for just to be somebody's father <laughs> for oh, two yeah. seconds. But like, oh, be like, a, like this would be like a kind of like cool but not cool father. You know what I mean? Like he like he he ha- says the right things, has the right intentions, but doesn't quite land it. You know? <laughs> like, Whatever happened to that dude, yo? Wow. He was only in the first season, and then like he was in the again. first two seasons. Like I, I know he came like because like he definitely was gone after they graduated, but like he was in the first two seasons. And then uh, what was the other dude? Uh, Trey is the other not Trey. Um, oh no no um oh my god. Uh, Trey was Don Cheadle. Tar- um, yeah, Trey no. just having beef with uh, with Kevin Hart out here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Tariq. Was it no? I, was it Tariq? It was the one the game show uh one. It was yeah it was, yeah it was, yeah it, yeah. It, yeah it, was it Tariq? Uh, no, I, that doesn't. Sound oh right. man, I'm forgetting stuff, man. This is bad news. Uh, to answer uh, Maybot's question, uh, will you guys watch the '90s show? I'm not gonna lie; I'm not really that into it. I've kind of like lost my interest in like the '70s show, so like watching the '90s show isn't really for me. But what about you guys? Um, I I I don't know if the original cast members are gonna be on it for a long time. I think they're just like they're just kind of one-off. So I'm curious yeah. just to kind of see them come back, but not so much. I don't think I'll get fully invested in the show as a whole if it's okay. not the if it's not about the original cast i'll wait until like someone's like dude seriously you really got to watch it. it's really good mm-hmm. but like right now like I've, I've got far too many other things to watch yeah hard pass on this side over here for me i just have no desire mm-hmm. i watched the original show i enjoyed some of it i never really got into it that much mm-hmm. okay all right well uh yeah, we're all excited for February twenty third, February February twenty third for uh, Bel Air to come back season two. So moving on, uh, next uh, trailer that came out recently was I think it was Monday, the Mandalorian season three trailer. Now, as you can tell, I have progressively been getting more and more into Star Wars, a lot more than I, w- I would have thought because I'm still a, like a Star Trek guy. So like, but like you know, you can like both. You can like both. Like Marvel um, and DC. You can like exactly Marvel and DC. Oh, I love that picture. It's a really great picture. Um, but like for me, uh, I would say, oh, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm saying I want to. Uh, so referencing the that '90s show, she's saying I want to see how Eric responds to the new Star Wars episodes one, two, and three, and how they write. That is all. I mean, I can kind of that, that would be an interesting YouTube video for me to watch. But again, like still not something for me. But anyway, so for the Mandalorian season three, uh, the trailer dropped uh, on Monday. I will say that I was well. I'm a fan of the Mandalorian, so I'm going to watch it anyway. Like you, you can't really stop me. But um, I was pleased with the trailer. Uh, I will go into a little bit more detail after I hear from my bros. But T, as the resident reluctant Star Wars watcher, I am interested. What did you think of the trailer? Fuck, I was hoping you'd skip me and go to Darcy first because I did not watch the trailer. I was going to watch right. it quickly. Oh, okay, okay. You do that. Yo, Darcy. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, w- w- what did you think of the trailer? Yeah, that never happened. Um, so, uh, yeah, I liked it. Um, I like that we're seeing um, the Mandalores, like, um, and what's happening there. Um, I like how it's like 
So the first couple of seasons had a lot to do with like, okay, what do we do to protect Baby Yoda, right? Um, yeah. And uh, I know, but I just maybe Yoda, <laughs> Baby Yoda, bro. Like, why, why are you here correcting me, bro? You know, Sorry. Baby Yoda is an official. I just, want, I don't want nobody to like say something to you in, in the in the comment section. Not that Maybot would. I'm talking about nobody like, yeah, would correct me from baby yoda okay you'd be, you'd be surprised like you, like nah. especially on tiktok and like twitter people be like starting fights over those comments and i'm like guys seriously come on now baby baby yoda was the name we all had before we knew what the real name was okay we rock that so yeah anyways it was all about protecting grogu now it seems like the fun of like okay now we got to focus on the mandalorian like larger problem and grogu's coming for the ride right and yeah <laughs> and and i and that's seems like a lot of fun and i love like the end of the trailer um spoiler tactics in my bad you you, you haven't watched it yet but, the, but but just like the scene where like it's like somebody runs into a cave and gets their ass handed to them like flip back out to cave and then you're just like hey, it's grogu he just he just move around here like a boss prince on his little on his little hover hover bed you know just like chilling <laughs> taking people hover, out. hover crib yeah that's better hover crib yeah yeah <laughs> now i'm thinking of fresh prince like what you ain't on this hover crib you ain't on the hover crib <laughs> it's like you saw that red man crib anyways i, I, I digress <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i'm i'm all pretty much all excited here and i'm hoping at this point at this very moment that i have extended things far enough that tactics can jump in here because i'm running out of things to say <laughs> T, do you want me to take give, over? Give, give me like like twenty seconds. All right, bro. All right, all right. So, yo, yo, uh, Darcy, I will I will say that I kind of agree with you. Like, uh, first of all, I am really happy we're going into like the Mandalorian aspect. Like, we've done enough Jedi. Let's bring and like we've seen a Mandalorian. Like, like the whole Boba Fett thing. Fine, but like we like people who like read the books, read the comics, played the games. Everyone wants like more Mandalorian. And the first two seasons, uh, just like it made kind of. A, a, put out there it's like first season bounty hunter second season space wizards third season is mandalore mandalorian lore anyway and like star people who watch star wars clone wars i've only watched bits and pieces of it but like people who watch star wars clone wars they've gotten like already the beginnings of a very rich understanding of the mandalorian culture and also history i want that brought to the forefront and i want live action versions of this if we're going to see Death Watch, what happened with Death Watch, we're going to see like the reclamation of like Mandalore, uh, and also we're going to see a whole bunch of different Mandalorians, different armors, and the different clans all going like at war together to being unified. I am all there for that shit. I want to see that shit. Let's get some like uh, Tar Visla history. I I'm not sure if I got the name right, uh, but like yeah, I'm I'm all in. I'm ready to see this. I'm ready to see like. I just I I want I, I want more uh sig insignias for everyone to like be be wearing. It's like yo, I'm I'm part of this clan, I'm part of that clan, and that and that sort of uh, stuff. So like, I'm interested. Also, I'm kind of want to see if they're going to like talk about um like the history of Mandalore and like how the throne came to be. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Sorry, uh, geek moment. I was just happy for myself. Um. Maybe I says so proud of you, Umar. Tar Vizla is correct. Awesome. So uh T, Darcy and I have we, we've given you time, man. Like uh what what you got for us? Yo, thanks for the save. Appreciate it. Um yeah, I this actually looks fun. I I enjoyed nice. the trailer. I had to watch it on on mute, obviously. Um, <laughs> but uh 
the the visuals look cool. I don't I have no idea what the storyline is about, but I mean that's nothing new when it comes to Star Wars for me. I half the time I don't know what the fuck is going on. So uh yeah, I I've liked the Mandalorian so far. I mean it's the only Star Wars property currently that I'm I'm invested in. I didn't watch any of the other stuff. I did I just wasn't all that interested. Uh sorry, Umar. No, but, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, like uh, the only, I just, I just remembered. We only showed you the first of two episodes of about Book of Boba Fett that were entirely focused on the Mandalorian. So we probably need you to watch that before you watch the third season. Otherwise, you're going to be lost. Oof. Oh shit! Really? Good point. Yeah. Good point. There's definitely a big segue in there. Wait, you just cut down the two episodes because it's really just Mandalorian episodes. So you're not really watching Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has nothing to do with him, and, and it's and honestly, it's stuff that you would like. Yeah, there's there's okay. there's a, there's a good like fight scene on a ship that you're gonna enjoy. Fair. Wait. Yeah. Well, can you describe the fight scene? <clears throat> I feel like I've involves a training with the black saber. I feel like I saw that. He did see that part, mm-hmm. but he didn't see what happened afterwards. We stopped. That, that after, was I, that was from Boba Fett. Yeah. Oh, okay. they, they literally took out two episodes out of his like eight episodes and were like, yeah, we, we just going to uh, focus on the Mandalorian that you actually like and not the one that you've mm. been known for like 20 years. Okay, so, yeah, um, yeah so that. you did see that kind of like you saw the part where it's like you have to go back uh, to Mandalore and like bathe in like the waters underneath the, the planet to uh, be cleansed of your sin. Mm. Uh, and so uh, and also he has the dark saber. Got you, got you, and also, and also, as uh, Maybot is saying, like he was having trouble with the weight of the lights of of the uh, of the dark saber. Got you, got you. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, I don't really have much else to say regarding the trailer. It looks fun from what I can see. Um, honestly, and we're gonna talk about this later because it's it's in the agenda. But um, Freddie Prince Jr. has actually got me a little bit ex- like more excited about this whole concept of the Force. And like I've I've heard you and like more so uh, Darcy talk about like the whole concept of it that that's really intriguing. But obviously we'll get into that later. But um, yeah, he he might be the one to convert me, man. He might be the one. There it is. You heard it here first. That's really <laughs> offensive, but okay. <laughs> wow, you, you can't just take a win. You just can't take a win. I'm sorry, Freddie Prince Jr. gets my bro into Star Wars, and I can't after years of trying. I mean, that hurts. Just, I mean, you just there wasn't enough effort on your part, Umar. I just, I just didn't feel it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, no, no. It was the effort was exerted in the wrong way. That's all. I will take that. The first one hurt, T. <laughs> it cuts from, deep. Yeah, like, also, you know how to cut deep. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I will up, admit. Text us here with the, with the dark saber. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm saying that uh, Freddie Spence Jr. is uh, is is a goat. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, uh, because I had to learn it, goat means greatest uh, of all time. greatest of all time. But uh, no, it just means he climbs mountains. That's all. <laughs> Man, I'm just saying right. this. I will say this doesn't hurt as much as that time you said that. Uh, if I didn't like, uh, I forget why you said this. I just remember that you said this. Is that you're you're gonna like? You know what? I'm gonna make friends with another guy named Umar. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna watch Star Trek with him. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah. 
I go for right for the juggler, bro. <laughs> I didn't even do nothing. <laughs> but it was so easy. I just had to, man. I wanted to test the waters and yeah, shit ran deep. Two years later, and I still it still hurts deep. Anyway, so moving on. Uh, we're all excited for the Mandalorian season three, and so we're going to like definitely, definitely, definitely uh, all be reviewing uh, as the as the episodes uh, come out. Uh, yes, Maybot, it was savage, utterly. Anyway, so uh, moving on to our next trailer is going to be about the uh, season three trailer of Superman and Lois. Now. Uh, Everyone who has watched this uh, podcast or has continued to watch this uh, with us knows that when it comes to this man, Tyler Hoechlin, uh, all three of us are in love with his depiction of Superman. He is Superman in the modern day for me. Everyone's, I know online everyone's talking about Henry Cavill, but I'm like, guys, Henry Cavill never got the chance to give us the Superman and Clark Kent that he, we know he could give us. Tyler Hoechlin, no matter what the like, the show's shitty depictions are when it comes to Clark Kent and Superman Tyler Hoechlin has been given the opportunity and he has nailed it so that is the only reason why I watched the CW crap show for two seasons but unfortunately even if even though I still love Tyler Hoechlin I can't keep watching Superman Lois so like, I like this trailer did absolutely nothing to change my mind and I'm just going to watch some YouTube clips that people tell me to watch that say, oh, my God, he's so amazing. Uh, and I'm with uh, Maybot. Tyler Hoechlin is my Superman. Uh, I'm going to now uh, – I won't go to Darcy just in case uh, T is uh, looking at something. <laughs> no, I'm caught up. This is oh, okay. Mandalorian. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, Darcy, what did you think of the trailer for Superman and Lois season three? Um, I watched it on mute while we were talking earlier at some point in this podcast. Um, I will say, like you, <laughs> I have zero desire to really watch this anymore. However, the thing that most intrigued me about the trailer, um, it's not intriguing me to make me want to watch it. It was just the fact that I had totally forgotten that we were pulling it on Viv this season and change, changing <laughs> oh, out right. And I'm just like, who the fuck is this? Oh, oh. <laughs> Wait, why did he leave again? <laughs> like that was like the most, the most. And I was like, yeah, like, like look at this kid. He's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> 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 like, you ain't gonna come here and just like multiverse replace my brother out here, are you? Like, goddamn. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I am, um, done. <laughs> with this show yeah. overall. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, moving it on over to Tagus now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you guys, man. I, the The last season didn't really do anything for me. Um, matter of fact, I don't even remember what happened in the last season, to be honest. So, oh, world. I remember it like it had that like whole uh, two worlds thing, and then like Square I will world. say, like, oh yeah, that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I wasn't fucking with that at all. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, it, it's kind of fallen off for me, and it started off strong. But again, I'm not surprised because all CW shows start off strong, like Smallville, Arrow, The Flash. They all had really great first seasons, and then just but like the, got the, worse. The sad thing about Superman and Lois is like they actually had good twists. Like 
Yeah. The, even in the second season, like they had a good twist about like bringing Bizarro. I fucking ate that shit up. Yeah. And then um, and then they just like threw it down. Like and it's like, oh, it's a doomsday. No, it's Bizarro. Yeah. And it's Bizarro done right. Like yeah. I will actually like like Tyler Hoshan not only did a good Superman, he did a good Bizarro. Yeah, but then that storyline was ass. I know. Yeah. Like they did nothing with it. It was just wasted potential. So all, all yeah. I got. All I gotta say about this show is that it's been downhill since the first episode. <laughs> like the first episode was fantastic, and nothing lived up to that since then. That's all I gotta say. Nothing's lived up to it. I mean, I remember enjoying the first season thoroughly. Yeah. Like I would say, like, I, I, like each season starts <laughs> off like this, and then like knows, and like honestly, Maybach called it off. She's like, it's it feels like writers change halfway through the season. Well, they 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 have different writers for different episodes, right? Don't they? Yeah, yeah. But that, like, it, it, but it feels like 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 the like they they have a group of writers who do the first season, and then they have another group of writers who do the second season. <clears throat> that see, that's the challenging thing about TV, though. When you have like when you constantly have like writers switching in and out, kind of thing, and it's like they all want to take their own creative spin on it. Like they they have a format, but then. Like that they have to follow, but at the same time they're like, yeah, but I kind of want to put my my own spin on this, and then they kind of deviate, and it fucks with the whole thing, and then we end up getting trash as a result of that. Where it's like, are there any shows where they uh, where they have consistent writers throughout? Yes, but yeah, not, not this one. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Ozark has a consistent writer. Mm-hmm. It was a solid show. It had a good end, mm-hmm. right? Like I. I'm assuming that in a show like this, they at least have somebody write the arc for the season. Because if not, like, how how do they even make it to the end of the season if you don't even write an arc? Like, yeah. you know, like, it's like, oh, we just, like, at episode five, so we're just going to introduce this guy. Okay, now I, I'll, I'll pick it up from here. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like when you're playing improv, just, who the hell is this? I was just thinking, like, where did, where did, is this even from Superman Lows? Yeah, this is season three, apparently. It's just getting worse. <laughs> Like yeah, damn. I, honestly, like thing is, it's like I hear like the the problem the tactics is putting out there, and I feel like people could still be very creative because, like for instance, Mandalorian is not like one director, one writer, you know. Yeah. Like, like it's it, but you what you have to do is you have to like have someone who controls the overall story and has yeah. a good overall story for the season, and then you have to have. You have to ask yourself this 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 episode here. This one's really about the character at this point. We need to at this level talk about this part of the character. And we have these people. Maybe this person will be better at articulating a story about this part of the character. Whereas this other person's really good at setting up the suspense of something and making us feeling the weight and the stakes in the battle. And this other person, you know, blah 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 blah. Like, Versus it's just whatever they're doing feels just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to give you a bone. Yeah, take episode nine. Like, okay, cool. (laughs) And it's it's not like they have bad ideas. They have good ideas and ideas that like make us actually wonder. It's just that they go with the dumbest way to resolve everything. And like, for example, with the whole thing with uh, the end of season two that all of us struggle to remember. I just remember liking one aspect, which is when Superman like hyper supercharged himself with uh like sun energy and then like hit, like hit the earth and like split the two earths together. I just remember li- liking that. That was really cool. 
don't remember why he did that or like why that was something that <laughs> didn't happen before, but okay. And also, then they just ended the series and you're like, okay. But they had good parts. Another thing, uh, when when Clark reveals himself to, what's her name? Uh, actress uh, who can't... Uh, actress who can't act. Lana. Lana, yeah. <laughs> and it was that. actually... Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it was decently written but like a cw it always uh, and it's kind of like what uh ron r is saying like it always appeals to the masses so they just like get a pretty face as opposed to a pretty face who could actually act and so she butchered that entire scene and like tyler could, like, could do all he could to like do his side of the story but like it, a scene takes two people so it was a wasted opportunity with actually decent writing involved and then on top of which, uh, you have an entire season of like just annoying characters continuing on to fill space. Mm. And also, I, I can't, I, I just can't with those children. Like, I just can't right now. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, did you see the interview from the actress of Lana Lane talking about how she did a lot of her own stunts and has like, had multiple entries from that show? No, I would not have guessed that. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, what stunts did she do? She had a, in that season. She did a lot of like being a superhero because she. Was oh, a, right, right, right. She was. She was yeah. um, the evil version of herself. I forgot about that. It's kind of the okay. Better version. That, <laughs> that, that was another thing. Remember, we saw like him being like uh, Superman being hit with like red sun, and he's taking out an entire like hallway of like soldiers. <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh, that yeah. That was yeah. that was good. Like that it was. Yeah, like, they, like it's not like they don't have good scenes. They do. They just, it's just all weaved really badly together, and they make dumb choices overall. So okay. yeah, I just, I just can't do this anymore. Good scenes, not a good story. Agreed. So uh, unfortunately, uh, internet, the Geeky Bros are officially done with Superman and Lois. Damn. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, so if you guys want us to review any episodes, y'all got to make some strong cases for us to to do that. But unless uh, anything else comes up, moving on. So the next trailer we're going to be reviewing is the final one in in our series, which is going to be about <laughs> yes, Maybot cancel the Superman and Lois show and give Tyler a movie. Anyway, uh, Scream Six. The Scream 6 trailer dropped, I think, yesterday. And for those of you who all know, I am not a horror movie person, yet I still, you know, watch this trailer. And all I'll say is, I ain't going to watch it. I'm not even interested to watch it. So <laughs> that's enough for me. T, what do you think? <clears throat> <laughs> oh, that was, that, was, that was almost as good as tactics. Uh, response to seeing Batgirl's Timbaland boot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! I feel like I got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man. Um. Yeah, Scream Six. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, I th I think I'm turning into uh, like a horror buff because like 
it seems like every you other are, week, you're starting to i think you, you've always been man I, yeah I, I i think they got me man i don't know what it is but i like i like a good horror film what can i say you like and the thrill i do like the thrill I, I i never thought i'd say that but i i do like the thrill uh i started watching the original all of the original scream series or the, the the Scream series uh, last year, or yeah, last year. And I enjoyed most of them and looking forward to this one. And yeah, trailer, trailer looked cool. I, what about, what about it? It looked, oh, uh, of course, this is coming from a guy who just is not into Not, okay, movies. sorry, not, not cool, but like it looks like because, because for the most part, the series has kind of given me what I, 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 what I feel like most people would want in a horror a horror movie or a slat like a slasher film yeah. is there's good jump scares. It's grotesque, but not in a way where it's like um, it's not over the top in the sense of like Saw, where it's like torture porn, right? So it's like it's like fitting for the atmosphere, and it doesn't get carried away with all that stuff. And then on top of that, I like the aspect of like the who done it type of storyline or the storyline or the angle that they they often have in a lot of these movies where you're kind of like it keeps you on the edge of your toes and you're, you're it keeps you guessing like okay so who's the who's under the mask this time right because it's always someone different but like someone that like you they've already revealed but you don't know who it is so you're kind of trying to figure it out in terms of like like all the like prospects and so that's always been intriguing to me with these with these movies and yeah, I, I enjoyed the last one. I had a good time, and I, I think this one's going to be really good. And it's good to see Jenna um, Ortega um, starting to get more roles and, and get her name out there after Wednesday. I mean, she's blowing up now, right? So she's going to be like, yeah. uh, I feel like she's going to be like the the Nev Campbell of this era, or like the the Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, maybe Nev Campbell is more of a appropriate because uh, Nev Campbell was like notorious for. These kind of movies. Well, she was notorious for the screen movies. I'm not well, sure. For the, she yeah, a... for the screen movies, but she okay. Basically, what I'm trying to say is Jenna Ortega is going to be like a like the new scream queen. I feel like that's I think that's what they're setting her up as because she's been in a lot of like movies very similar to this, like dark or like you know the thrillers and, and things of that nature. The so, creepy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but I enjoyed the trailer. I liked it. Uh, I'm definitely going to check it out with my partner. So. Yeah. Uh you have some questions from uh the, the audience. We got Maybot who's asking uh who uh what entices you about the Scream franchise? Uh well again, like I, I like the the mystery aspect behind it where you're trying to figure out who who the killer is throughout the entire series. Did I miss something? Sorry, I just read Maybot's <laughs> last comment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the fact that she compared uh, Jennifer Loves Hew Hewitt uh, acting to a spoon cracked me up. <laughs> oh, wow. Why are, at, why are you coming at her so hard, yo? yo. <laughs> Well, she's not wrong. <laughs> like I, The only time I thought Jennifer Loves Hewitt actually did good acting was in like... You're right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's be all. Let me just double check here. Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm just. It's been a long time. I mean, make sure who, who I think it is. Yeah. Hold up. Hold up, Maybot. Maggie Q's got some acting chops. Let's not let's not throw her down. The, throw her down the. Uh... Yo, I saw her in Paradise Island. That movie was trash. So I have, I have like, very little 
admiration for Maggie Q after that movie. I saw her in the Nikita TV show. She was pretty good in that one. No, I never watched that. I mm. never watched it. Oh, Maggie Q. Yeah, no, I haven't seen, seen much of her. Jennifer Love Hewitt, I remember back in the day uh, when she was really popular, there was like two main reasons why we all watched her and none of them were her acting. Yeah. I'm just being honest. Like that's what she was popular because teenage boys were around. That's why she was popular. Okay, she was she she was popular because we were teenage boys. That's what I'm saying. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) I am complicit in why she was popular during that period of time. Is what I am saying. Ron R is right. I did like her in Heartbreakers. Her and Sigourney Weaver actually had a pretty good uh like uh balance so I'll, I'll give her acting chops for uh for that one. Mm, mm, yeah okay yeah thank you thank you guys <laughs> we get it we get it we're dudes <laughs> we get it <laughs> hey i said it i just didn't say it you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> so um uh I've even forgot what like the other question that uh, Maybot was asking you, uh, T. Uh, so yeah, what entices you, and uh, uh, who of the OG cast do you think is going to die in the next film? Uh, well, Courtney Love is, or sorry, Courtney Cox uh, is out for sure. She's definitely getting getting axed. Although, I mean, they make it very blatantly obvious. So it, in the trailer, so maybe not. Maybe she she gets away unscathed. But I feel like they're they're trying to like push for these the the new cast and and weed out the the older the older cast because they killed off um what's that dude's name that she was married to um quartet or Um, arquette the arquette yeah yeah yeah. they killed him off in the last one uh nev campbell's still alive but like got cut up pretty badly so she barely made it out um so yeah all the original like all the ogs are are pretty much gone except for her courtney cox and um nev campbell so yeah. Well, Nev Campbell like didn't Nev Campbell get like kicked out of the franchise? I don't know if she got kicked out or she just decided not to come back. I don't know what the story. I can't remember what the story was behind that, but um, I mean, she could possibly come back in a later entry because I mean, I'm sure they're going to continue. You know, they're gonna these... stri- yeah, they're going to stretch this out like just like Fast and the Furious, right? So. <laughs> Wow, All right. good good reference. By the yeah, way, Jack, yeah. I'm going to make a um, I can't think of the words like a guess, but better than that, uh, Courtney Cox is going to be the killer. That's my guess. All right, now you let me know when you watch it because I because for 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 uh, Umar for your asking of my my thoughts on the trailer, didn't watch it. Not going to watch the movie. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> I like that time. theory though. I like that theory. I'll let you know. Yeah, well, you said like she's she gonna be out, and I'm like, you want to kill her out, or do you want a surprise? And then she dies from being the killer, and that would her. be a pretty good surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have Jenna Ortega ha- has to be the one that kills her. Ooh, that take take over, <laughs> take over. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, well, uh, just following up with Ron R says she doesn't believe that Neff Campbell is gonna return because they're trying to reduce her pay if she does. Mm. Mm. By the way, I like Maybot's uh, 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 one comment. I'm going to put this one up on the screen real quick here. It is, uh, read Teenage Boys. I mean, Mega Fox, uh, greater than Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, but fair. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that's 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 exactly, that's, that's on point. I wouldn't yeah, even say greater. I say equal. Yeah, but Megan, <laughs> Megan Fox is into some weird shit, though, man. Like, ever since she started dating, uh, 
what's his what's that dude's name machine gun kelly yeah 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 she's like wait they, they, wait what 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 or they're she, married she, now yeah they're, they're married yeah but they like they drink each other's blood and shit and like she, she it's like weird. yeah she's on some weird shit man she, like she, both of them yeah plus the plus the, the the small thumbs and everything like that like uh, uh so, so umar for 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 pure reference about machine gun kelly first of all if you go to date a married guy who calls himself machine gun kelly that's like you know daddy i brought look, look who i brought home and dad's like i want to kill this man um second of all machine gun kelly is the guy who dated eminem's daughter and then just proceeded to make a diss track against eminem in the process wait um, they dated yeah or something they had some, yeah, they had they they dated or something, and like Eminem, did, they had been on interview, but like he didn't have problems with them. But then like I guess Machine Gun Kelly, I don't know, whatever. It's like oh, there's not not enough room for enough these white rappers, so I have to like prove myself over like the OG of rap music. It's like no, oh, why are you doing this? Anyways, I'm just saying, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not interested. Yeah, no, no, no. Check out. Interesting. Uh, I do like uh, Ron R's theory. Uh, maybe Courtney Cox will uh, will be the ultimate mastermind killer behind all the movies. Ooh, possible. Also dope. Also dope. <laughs> Courtney kind of called something. I was thinking she's like Megan Fox and uh, MGK are totally ripping off the Angelina Jolie, Billy Bob Thornton weird couple thing from ages ago. <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, she used to wear his blood around her like as a necklace. Yeah, that's true. That I think they do that too now. Um, Hollywood is a weird place. Yeah, and apparently the like her like her wedding ring is like it's ca carved a specific way where when she takes it off, it actually like cuts her. Like, so she can't take Like she can't take it out without inflicting some sort of pain on her because of the, like the way that they've like carved it out. Like the, it's like so jagged that like when she tries to take it off, it'll, it'll pierce skin, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, they're on some weird shit, man. Well, let's hope she doesn't get mugged. Yeah. I've, I feel like, that's not the first problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them, but it's not the one I'm concerned about first. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyway, uh, nonetheless, uh, Darcy and I will not be watching Scream, but uh, when we do a touch base with Tactics, we'll allow him to give his uh, review of Scream 6 and also to reveal, if he wants to, who the killer is. But until then, moving on. So with all our trailers now being done, we're going to go through a section that's going to be kind of focused towards a discussion about creative, like the the almost the the, the necessary ingredients for creative success of adaptations. I bring this up because recently, as in like I think Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, uh, the TV <clears throat> series The Last of Us, the first episode dropped. Now, this show has gotten like pre and post first episode like massive acclaim. I will go on record by saying I have not watched it nor have I played the game. I am going I'm unfortunately having to wait. I've like tied my boat uh to a friend who needs to watch it with me so therefore I have to wait until February to watch it. So nonetheless there is a certain amount of pain that I have to live with for not knowing what's happening right now, but I am seeing a lot of 
very positive reviews from critics, very positive reviews from uh, fans, lots and lots of um, like YouTube and TikTok and Twitter comments of people just like absolutely loving the show. Uh, like literally I have not heard of one person being like, you know, this, this is a bullshit. Even people who had unrealistic expectations based off their love for the game are just like, well played. So I find that to be rather impressive considering game adaptions haven't exactly been a uh, an art that has been perfected yet. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I kind of want to see what my bros have to say before I say any more because there's definitely going to be uh, we're going to go further into this discussion. But Tactics Darcy, have either of you watched the first episode of The Last of Us yet? I, know uh, uh, <laughs> I was getting taxed up to say no. Um, uh, yeah, I've watched the first third of it. By the way, Umar, I do like your pun that you dropped earlier. I don't know if you realize you did. You said well played because they, they are gamers. Yeah, I, I saw I, I, I saw what you put down there. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, no, I've seen the, fir- the, the uh, first third, a third of the first episode. Um, fantastic. Um, uh, I was saying this before the podcast, the way that I would describe it. So like in the first third, uh, what I got so far is like two time skips. And then I stopped at the third time skip and I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop right there. But, you know, time skips usually are like, can make people worried. Like, is it going to be confusing? No, it's just like, they're setting up a premise in like the 1950s of the problem. And then they go into like this first, like 2006 timeframe where you're seeing the, like the setup of the main supporting character, Joel and um to understand who he is and the thing i love about it is when they did the 1950s 19 uh, sorry 2006 they really filmed it to feel like it's part of that uh actual um era the 2006 feels like the same filming they did on the wire which was i just love that but it felt like if you were to film the walking dead in the wire um style it was it's just like a really really smart idea of how it looks and then on top of that what was really good is the way the tone works the way the story works in that first that first like core period of time is it's like the movie a quiet place it's not like walking dead where you focus on the zombie right which we haven't really even seen one really yet in the first like third of the episode like you kind you oh no you saw no actually i'm wrong you see no, I'm, I'm really wrong. You've seen them. Um, <laughs> you see, I was like, there's so much focus on the people that I just forgot what they're running from. Um, right. And whereas like, you know, in A Walking Dead or something like that, most of them, you focus a lot on the zombies and the fear of the zombie. But in this one, you're focusing so right now so much on the people and what it's like to be in that situation. Like... Think of a quiet place, how you have that fear and you're and you're not understanding what's going on in a quiet place too, where you we get to see that like car chase scene where you're like really like, oh my god, what's happening to the world? But take that and also like layer in like your apocalyptic films where like the world's coming to an end and you're just it's about these people trying to survive. Um, it's got this like really good tone. I'm really just I can't wait to watch the other hour <laughs> that's left in this episode because <laughs> it's an hour and 20 minutes. And I thought, oh, that's too long. And now I realize, no, nah, no, nah, we just spent the first third just understanding one person and it's necessary. So, yeah, that, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. 
I'm going to assume that that one person that we're trying to understand is uh, what Maybot has described as Hollywood's orphan daddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, yeah I, by the I, way, Pedro Pascal, like he, he should marry his uh, agent. Oh, okay. I was like, that, that went off the rail for a second for me. I was so confused. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he should. We went from orphan daddy to Mary, and I'm like, where are we going, Umar? Where is this going? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I, I didn't mean the wrong way. I just mean like, like, just there's too much similarity in the phrasing of things. Um, but anyways, um, yeah. So where are we going from here? Because I'm loving the so, show. T, I just want to know: Have you played the games, or have you watched the show at all? No, I actually haven't played the games. Uh, I hear I hear a lot of great things about it. Uh, I I still have a PS3. That's as high as I've gone so far. So <laughs> I haven't had the opportunity to play um, a lot of any of the great games that have come out in the last several years. So um, yeah, but I am looking forward to to watching this. It got a nine point four on IMDb, which is insane. Uh, so I'm excited to to see this. And did you hear about Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> No. Yeah. Okay, so yo, Darcy, are you gonna pull it up? Oh, well, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not gonna be able to show it. But oh, I, I'm, I'm gonna pull it up. And I'm gonna read you yeah, these, yeah, these yeah. numbers here and give me one old second here. Uh, so, Darcy, uh, so tactics. You said on IMDb it gave it a nine point eight, nine point four, nine point four. Okay, so I mean, I I still don't really respect IMDb's rating system. Nonetheless, that is, I think, the highest I've ever heard. Uh, IMDb yeah, give same. something, uh, so that's actually rather impressive. But uh, Darcy, for The Last of Us on Rotten Tomatoes, which we know can be difficult at times, mm -hmm. um, the average tomato meter. So the critics, actually, no, let me let me reverse this. The average audience score currently sits at ninety six percent. So four percent pulling back for probably some very hardcore, hardcore gamers or people who just don't need another zombie film um and for the average tomato meter tactics the average tomato meter the accumulation of is it good or is it bad amongst critics is 99 percent right now holy so they're both in the and this is the higher... first episode <coughs> yeah yeah, yeah. That's so, impressive. so umar in the same week as this show is probably it feels like it's broken a record unless there is a show out there that have 100%. I can't think of one. Another show of similar mystery it has also broken a record. I have to throw this out here because I'm looking at this. Velma has the lowest score that there's ever <laughs> been <laughs> since, since Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> it broke the record at like 1.3%. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I couldn't wow. help but slide that in. Yeah, yeah. Let me see what it is right now. Uh, Velma, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, this is going to be good. Let's okay, see. so... Uh, oh, yeah, my on. gosh. On IMDb, it's a 1.3. That's what it was, yeah. 1.3. Holy... <laughs> okay. I've so never this... seen something that low, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's... That's that's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so this does kind of uh, go into my point that I wanted, uh, that I wanted to talk about. Because we have discussed this to some degree when discussing The Witcher, where we were talking about like the fact that Henry Cavill is leaving because we found out that uh, the people behind the show are like openly making fun of it or not interested, don't respect the source material. But The Last of Us, from what I've been reading, is the creator of the game. Um, oh, I had his name here a second ago. Uh, Neil Druckmann. 
is actually one of the writers on the show for The Last of Us. And I remember that when this was coming out, people who are in love with the games, like honestly, the games, are, I've rarely seen games held to such a high standard as that. And so having the two of them, because like the, the, the other co-creator is the guy who did Chernobyl, which his name is uh, uh, Craig Mazin. So he did the TV show for HBO called, uh, um, what you call it, Chernobyl, which was very well, very, very well received. And these two people got together, clearly worked together well and respected each other and created The Last of Us, which is now, as we've just described, is getting either a 96 from, uh, from so basically an above 95 percentile conjoined on Rotten Tomatoes. And... This is just the first episode. That's super impressive. Yeah. So, and also, I don't, I think this is an example of a show that has basically one writer or like one or two writers. So, like the directors and the writers are both. So, that means it's very possible that every episode will be of equal value. And I'm, I'm seeing in the comment section uh, uh, Maybot saying that on Reddit, someone apparently has watched like the first three episodes somehow, and they're saying that uh, episode three will be the best of this franchise. Now, That's far. <laughs> That's yeah. Far. Yeah. So, like, it does leave me to kind of wonder something, because we've been recently seeing, uh, especially, and we've reviewed it in, in our own podcast, shows like Invincible and shows like the Sandman. These are two shows uh, that have the creators working in tandem with their uh, with the executive producers who are running the show. So, like the the content creators and the the executive producers of a TV series working together and respecting the source material while also trying to update it. And do you guys remember how much we loved Invincible? And, like, I know you guys weren't a big fan of the Sandman, but, like, Sandman is actually being considered, like, a a genuine success for Netflix and also by critics. And also fans of the the graphic novels are are a big fan because Neil Gaiman's on top of that. And another, I guess you could say, another show that has recently, like, it's not as, not as well received as much, nor does it have as much. Uh, inclusion as the, from the creator is House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon has a great deal of uh, support from uh, George R. R. Martin, but like they're still kind of like adapting it their own way. But nonetheless, it, it, like it just like it just kind of shows that the more you respect the source material and respect those who like and actually involve the creators and take like take their vision into account. It's a success story, in my opinion. So, like, that's just me, like, kind of putting my stuff out there. I, I kind of want to know what you guys have to think. Uh, uh, but, like, I, I really want to watch The Last of Us. I'm not really wanting to play a game because I'm not really a gamer. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of a weird thing about me. It's the one area of, like, geekdom that I'm just not really into. But, like, this show, The Last of Us, really makes me want to, like, like go on YouTube and watch like the runtime just to see, just to do compare contrast. But I, I wanted to hear what you guys thought uh, in general. So like uh, Darcy, let's start with you, man. So uh, I like the, the, the properties that you have up. I'm again, I'm not the biggest fan of Sandman as a whole, but um, I actually like to compare this more to 
um, The Witcher because it's like uh, the most recent I, that I can think of um, TV show adaption from a video game. And, you know, you have a big contrast going on here, right? Like in The Witcher, what do we love about The Witcher? Henry Cavill, right? Yeah. Where is all the best parts of the source material come from? Henry Cavill. What is all the problems that we face with this show? Not Henry Cavill. Um, like other actors have done a decent job. But the, 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 the thing is, it's like fundamentally at the end of the day, when you start with, oh, here's some great source material. I worry there's too much of this problem of, oh, yeah, this would make money. Put a team together, make it happen. Versus it being like, here's something that would tell an amazing story. Let's get a, a group of people or like there's the original person and uh, who wrote it and like somebody together to figure out how to adapt this thing and create this amazing story from it um, that will work well for a, a larger audience versus Witcher where you have clearly people who just want to do their own thing and don't care about the source material. They feel like they're just hired to do a job, right? And it's like, Oh, but I don't want to do that job. I want to do this job. Well, this is the job we're giving you. So do this and maybe we'll give you another job later. And so That's you end what up the with... fans want. Like if you're playing to the crowd, yeah. But what I mean is, is like the people on The Witcher who are like, they don't want to respect the source material. It feels like they're like, oh, I don't want to do this job. I don't want to, I don't want to make what The Witcher is. I want to make my own thing. And you that feels more like somebody making a decision of like, oh, this thing will make me money, bring people together and, and make something happen compared to what we're getting with this, where clearly it's like, okay, well, there's two people. We're going to, we're going to pair somebody who knows how to do an amazing show. Chernobyl makes a lot of sense. The guy just wrote a show over here that is totally going to have a lot of very dark, ominous things. Right. And then a person who's written an amazing story, and that's the whole reason you go after that story in the first place because it's amazing. If it was a if it was a it was a bad story, the game wouldn't be big and we wouldn't be caring about it. So, yeah, bring somebody who say, "Hey, you you wrote an amazing story, an amazing story, and an immersive experience." We have to figure out how to adapt the immersive experience where people can't immerse themselves into it, where they have to consume it. Right? We have to figure out how to how to how to do those those elements. We'll be focusing on what we're taking out. So yeah, respecting the source material is vital. And this show is, so far feels amazing for me from what I've seen. And I'm just sad that like The Witcher is not getting that same kind of love. And there are many other stories that I think we could have amazing shows <clears throat> out of. I'm, I'm a more believer right now, especially that we shouldn't be worrying about making movies out of, uh, out of these games. Worry about making shows out of games. And I would say, like, I okay, so kind of switching tracks is I was going to ask both of you after I heard what tactics. Actually, I, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off because I do actually want to hear what tactics has, uh, what he thinks about this. And then I'm going to ask my other question. Sorry, what's the question again? So, in terms, do you think that the 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 secret to success for, uh, for adaptations in general, not just for games, but adaptations in general, is not just to respect the source material, but if at all possible, have the original content creators working with the show yes i think I, I think that's a smart move just because of how attached the original creators are to the original property right when you when you <clears throat> when you get somebody else that's involved and maybe like whether they're a fan or they're you know they're just coming in but they they 
they're 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 not at they're they're kind of far removed from the the property to the point where they they try to take take their own spin on the material to the point where it becomes their their own vision or their own interpretation rather than the the interpretation of how it was meant to be portrayed in terms of the original content right so i think that by getting the original creators on board and providing like um like a like a basic template for directors to to follow is the is the way that you achieve success when it comes to adaptations because otherwise like people are just coming in and they're they're putting their own spin on it and not really knowing like they're they're not really knowing how to capture the true essence of the material so um it's good to see it's good to hear that the creator is on board for for this and it just goes to show based off of the ratings how successful this is right and yeah. um i don't know if that was the case with um with sonic but sonic was a really good a adaptation of uh of the material of the game the essence the essence the, of the sonic essence was was, yeah the essence was still there and the the, the key thing was that they actually cared about what the fan the, the they cared about the fan opinion right because we all remember what the original design of sonic looked like right oh, and then they, they went back and they revamped that thankfully so um it just Creepy goes to all show, yeah. all hell but it, but it just goes to show that they actually that like when when you see something like that then you know that they actually care about putting out a, like good material and appeasing the fans as, as opposed to like another creator who like doesn't give a fuck he just wants to make the the property in his own vision and he totally disregards what the main essence of that property is supposed to be so yeah i would say that also because like um okay so my secondary question but i i do look uh, like i like i'm going to go back to something you said earlier tactics but like my secondary question is the because the last of us is look I, i've seen people uh, on tiktok literally taking scenes from the game and scenes from the the first episode and mm -hmm. showing that they're literally identical mm -hmm. and even uh maybot i i think it was maybot or it was courtney someone had said it in the comment section that it is like at times just frame for frame mm -hmm. now we are aware that a frame for frame uh, adaptations don't necessarily mean that it's going to be a good content but the last of us and also invincible because like uh we saw panels and then we saw like the actual uh like you know what the sh uh, the show did and also with sandman we saw panels and then we saw what the show mm -hmm. did like these are like direct adaptations but with the last of us it's different because it's a game mm -hmm. and there has been a long history of games adaptations that just <clears throat> do not work at all whatsoever and i think up until this point sonic was the best case scenario so would you guys think that it's possible to continue making game adaptions identical to the way that they've done the last of us so as you were saying that um <clears throat> i i think back to the dark knight is it the dark knight returns where like they they made that into an adaption like an animated um oh oh the, the two animated movie adaption yeah 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 and it was like panel for panel like yeah spot on yeah. and i just remember watching that and getting such enjoyment out of it because i was i literally had my comic book in or my graphic novel in my hand as i was watching i'm like yo they did not miss a beat on this and it was just crazy to see it was just good to see even though you you like 
you've read the material and you kind of already know what's what's happening it didn't ruin it for me because i read it a long time ago and then just to kind of revisit this this storyline in a different format was was really refreshing for me um i think one of the issues might uh sometimes is that like you know, it, it it kind of eliminates the suspense because if it's beat for beat, then you don't really like you already know kind of what to expect because you've 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 played the game. So you like it's it's almost like you've spoiled the ending for for yourself. Right. Right. So I think in certain aspects, maybe they can take some liberties, but it is I, I think it is a good idea if it is like beat for beat. And if they if they kind of follow that template, which is already laid out for you, whether it's in comic book format or in video game format, you know, that's what most fans want to see, especially when it's like a, if it's like a comic book adaptation where they want to see like these these images come to life and these stories like fleshed out. Like you don't have to add like unnecessary bullshit like they did with um, the killing joke where they added that whole Batgirl side. Man. That whole thing was just like, why did we need this? Yeah. So. I don't mean take take liberties like that where you just completely deviate from the storyline and add some bullshit, but like you can add some little twists and turns that like throw people off a little bit so it's not unexpected, but still builds that intrigue and still keeps the main essence like we were talking about like true to the original source material, I think. And if you do that and you follow that format, then I think you could have a really good thing. And if if I I think The Last of Us hopefully sets a standard for other adaptations like in the future like i mean game adoption so, specifically yeah or just sorry adop- game, ad- game game well yeah in in, in general right? but but like certain game adapt certain games are hard to adapt like i still like i don't know how you crack the code for mortal Kombat to be honest like i just don't like just the way that the game is set up i don't know how you make maybe as a series it would be better but I think a, series are best. Yeah, I don't think you can make a lot of games into yeah, movies. I think that's no. the problem. Yeah. So I don't know, but the whole like the whole tournament aspect, unless you like for Mortal Kombat specifically, like unless you made it into a TV series, I don't, I don't see how you make that a captivating story for two hours in a movie format. It just doesn't work because you're leaving so much off the table, off the table, pretty much. Yeah. Right, because there's so many stories to tell and so little time to tell it in. So, yeah, yeah I don't know, Darcy. Um, I might get my brain going for a second when it comes to Mortal Kombat. So, one, I'm gonna say this. I'm actually gonna come back to Mortal Kombat quickly. So, okay. um, it depends on the content. So, for instance, you look at Last of Us; they're adapting it exactly as is, at least so far. And the thing about that that makes it amazing is that it's one the game by itself was set up to tell the exact same story right like they don't need to completely fundamentally change big elements of the story because it was very much built in the game like a movie so it completely translates and on the idea of do you want to go beat for beat or is that a bad idea in the concept of last for us one of the reasons to bring it to hbo and make a show out of it is because you're bringing it to a wider audience so for the people who played the game they're going to relive it in a slightly different medium. And even if they know what's happening, there's some scenes I know that are coming because I've heard about them. It's still going to be hard for people to watch them, right? Mm-hmm. They're still going to be emotionally impactful, but it's going to such a wider audience. It's better to adapt it as is because the gamers can be like, yo, yo, 
you see you see what i'm talking about you see what i'm talking about right like because they, they're gonna feel that they're gonna uh, be able to commiserate with people or feel things with people based off of what they experience for people who never play the game so that that medium you should adapt it as is right there might be some where you don't you need to change things up because maybe the premise of the game there's some things that just don't adapt well like we had a movie of need for speed i don't remember anything about it i don't i didn't watch it <laughs> right because fundamentally where is the story right you know Sonic the hedgehog you can adapt the essence of it you can't really adapt i don't remember the story from the game so mm, like you, you, exactly my point mm -hmm. right so you you struggle but on the idea of Mortal Kombat, as you're talking, you're like series, movie. I actually know how I would want Mortal Kombat to be adapted so that you get the tournament feel. Because you, you can't, if you don't have the tournament, it doesn't work, right? But they always want to like, even in the original one, they want to skip that tournament real quick. Here's how I think you do it. You take the concept. I'm gonna give you two shows that 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 that, that show you the, the concept of how you make Mortal Kombat work. Squid Games and Alice in uh, the Wonderland one. Oh, the yeah, Alice in Borderland. Borderland. Thank you. Yeah. That's how you do it. You make the fights feel like those games in that because oh. if you think about it. Some of the people are there because they want to be there. Some people aren't really there because they want to be there. So you put them in a situation where they are fighting for their life because they are. Yeah. But you make it instead of it feel like, oh, we just go go out here and fight and see how cool the Mortal Kombat, like, you know, fatalities are. You, you are doing that. Yo, Darcy, I think you just cracked the code, man. That's how, that's how you do. You make it, you make it feel like that. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do it over a movie, you still just make it feel like that. You just have to spread out. Instead of making the tournament happen in one movie, you make the first movie end midway through the tournament. So you're like, oh, shit, we got to come back and see that second film. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to like bring up, uh, like like Ron R was saying, like talk about Mortal Kombat Legacy, like that that, that YouTube series where it's like all, all members of the, like they like, they really grounded everything. So like everyone is just like serial killers and like, you know, yeah, no. uh, like deformed people. But like, no, yours is actually that's yeah. good because it's 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 the it's that right there is the the fear of what's gonna happen. I, I was literally watching Alice in Borderlands like like earlier today, <laughs> so I'm at the the prison episode and I'm like, wait, season two? Oh yeah, 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 yeah season yeah, two, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like there's like this prison episode and it's a fantastic start. And I'm like, imagine if it was just like you 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 every fight is like because we have all the stages we want to see all the different battlegrounds it's like you it's like alice in borderlands you force this person and they're gonna go fight somebody they don't even know who they're gonna fight sometimes and they just show i mean like you were fighting here right and you put them there but you have to like give it that you have to like set up enough that okay we believe the world we believe this and then it's like it's like that's what they did in the first movie. They just camped it out, so it didn't have that same feel. You take that, you put that tone, boom, boom. So, somebody call me, okay? You know? <laughs> no kidding. Copyright that, bro. <laughs> All right, but yeah, okay. Well, uh, that kind of. I think that's a great place to end and to start our next conversation because, like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, Darcy, hundred percent. Like, well done. So. Moving on to our our final topic uh, is something that like uh, as uh, Tactics uh, said we were going to come back to. So 
this happened about three years ago, but apparently right now it's like making a refreshed wave around uh, the internet again. So three years ago, Freddie Prince Jr. was on a podcast, kind of similar to what we're doing right now. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Freddie Prince Jr., who's like married to Sarah Michelle Geller, who's uh, like you know famous for uh, you know being a teen heartthrob back in the day, uh, and also played well, did the voice acting for um, oh, I'm forgetting his name right now, uh, Kanan something. Um, Kanan. Uh, he's a Jedi from uh, Star Wars Rebels, the animated series. I can't remember his name right now. But I think it started with a Kanan or something. Anyway. So uh, he went on, like, on the left is him actually going on the rant. Uh, a big, very aggressive rant against the very aggressive uh, right-wing, crazy Star Wars fandom that was either criticizing the games, uh, uh, criticizing uh, the movies, criticizing uh, definitions of Star- Jedi, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so he basically was saying, Y'all stop trying to redefine everything. This is how, like, the, like if you guys really want to know, hey, this is what uh, George Lucas has intended for what the Force means and why people are so powerful. And it's it's inherently about the balance. It's not about, uh, you know, how many... It's not just about chlorians. It's not just about, like, um, this, this, and that. And also, his other main uh, theme was... Uh, sorry, thesis was Star Wars is made for kids. Let's stop acting like this is like adult, well, like uh, in, intently written uh, stuff. No, this is all stuff that was made for kids. We want like the three of us. We we started watching. Well, I don't know about tactics, but like I definitely started watching Star Wars as a kid. Uh, I then started watching the the next series. Uh, uh, you know, as a teenager. And then I started like uh, the sequel series as an adult, and I was like, "This is some bullshit." And I have been consistently frustrated with Star Wars because it's not giving me adult nuanced aspect. That was never its goal. It was always made made for kids. It was always meant to be simple and like uh, to the point. And people are trying to overcompensate stuff or rewrite things or debunk Ray as like a, a powerful Jedi because it's like, what's the point of that? So Freddie Prince Jr. kind of had his fill and decided to just call out all the toxic fandom for being toxic fandom and i loved it it was a lot of fun to watch i actually you know i I always knew that i liked like i i I felt that if like freddie Prince jr sat down next to me and him and i started talking about comics and like movies we would get along but like after watching him like go like you know apeshit crazy on the fandom i'm like we we good like i respect you but I, i i like especially ut because like you're the one who sent it to us so like i gots to know bro what did you think yeah so i saw this on tiktok and you know i like i i agree with you uh sorry um umar i i think that uh freddie prince jr is like he seems like a cool guy like i've i've kind of like listened to like briefly like some of the podcasts that he's been on and he seems like a very down to earth and chill guy but this one definitely caught my attention because of how passionate he was about it about like star well star wars in general um but some some of the star wars nerds like kill me with how passionate they are man they (laughs) they, they take it to the extreme level bro and i'm like yo it's not that deep 
But um, <laughs> yo, yo, some of those Star Wars nords are our current viewers right now who are commenting. So let's be careful. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, man. Like y- y'all get like really like crazy about it. Like clearly, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of why this whole rant came about, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, it was interesting what he was saying, and like uh, kind of going back to what you were saying, Umar, like um, or ref in reference to what he said about how Star Wars, uh, Star Wars is essentially for kids, and uh, it kind of makes me seem like uh, <laughs> Tag is a hater. I'm not <laughs> hating. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose my words more carefully. I'm gonna choose- you need Jesus. That's what you need. <laughs> Farce is a religion tactics, as said okay, by Maybach. Okay, actually, okay, but actually, on that note about the the force uh, being a religion, that, that that's kind of what I was um, getting at. Going um, <laughs> in regards to what he was saying about how Star Wars is for kids, I kind of it, like so when he was saying that, and we was talking about like the the concept of the force, it kind of reminded me of Avatar in the sense of like how they that that one particular episode where they were talking about the the chakras, but they broke it down uh. in such a simplest because the chakras is a very comp it's 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 kind of complex and it's a little bit out there in terms because I've been reading a lot about it in, like in spirituality books and stuff, but the way that Avatar broke that shit down in such a simplistic way where like a like a eight-year-old kid could understand like it's it's your energy centers and you have to like you know unlock these in order to reach enlightenment and shit that's very simplified very simplified way of putting it in terms of defining uh what chakras are and i felt like i'll live guru patik yeah and i felt like with star wars and the whole thing with the with the force and i remember like darcy was kind of like trying to put me on game in terms of like the whole concept of 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 the force and it kind of got me thinking about like like in eastern culture and how they refer to like like chi like chi energy cultivating your chi energy or or like when like in spiritual texts they they use uh god and the universe interchangeably right so they're like be one with the universe or your spiritual essence or whatever like that so that's kind of how i always kind of perceived the force to be i mean obviously i'm not that deep into it so maybe (laughs) you guys can like shed a little bit more light on on that regard but what I really found interesting about what Freddie Burns Jr. was saying was how um, in turn, like the whole thing of balance, you hear that a lot in, in the Star Wars lore. And what was interesting was what he was saying about how um, we, we talking about Luke and he was saying how it's not a matter of it's not a matter of skill. Like the force has nothing to do with skill. You could be the most skilled person in in the Star Wars universe, but it really comes down to the balance of the force. So like if the if the Sith like the empire and the Sith and all the bad guys or whatever, like whatever they're, they're called. If they're, if there's more balance over there, then the force naturally, regardless of skill level, will find a way to maintain balance. So the empire, the emperor, he knew this. And so rather than like killing Anakin, he brought Anakin to the dark side to offset the balance because he knew that if he, if, if he killed him, the, the force would just like, correct itself so he used it yeah. to his advantage and 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 i found that that like got me in I, it drew me in because like i'm familiar up until the point of like you know i wasn't really into the 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 first three like the like episode one through three and then i watched like what was it seven eight and nine yeah um <laughs> but i like like you i i kind of grew up on the the originals because my dad got the box set like back in the day or whatever right but yeah i just just make a long story short like i really 
I was really invested in like his like how passionate he was about his explanation and I like how he broke down the force and I was like oh man that's that's kind of interesting like because I always thought it was about skill level like who's the top Jedi and like if you're the well, top Jedi then like you know yeah and I, I would say the Star Wars the main problem with Star Wars is it doesn't know how to translate its own content it never really has uh, and the, like people keep coming up with like oh this is what the force is really this is what force is but it's always like side stuff it's like oh here yeah. read this book or here read this comic or here play this game and it's like mm-hmm. so i watched all these movies so that's essentially the main source of everything and you're telling me that i have to go other places to actually understand what it's trying to tell me yeah yeah and that's that that's kind of what darcy's point was when he was telling me about it where it was like he was explaining it, but it was all the shit that was that was from like the cartoons, and I was like, "So I gotta watch, I gotta watch like however many seasons of it just to fi- like find all this shit out, man. Like, why couldn't they just address this in the movies, right?" Um, but I mean, I, I guess if you're like really deep into Star Wars, then you know, you know all that shit already, so it's not a big deal. How about you, Darcy? Like, what what are your thoughts on uh, what uh, Freddie had to say? I mean, I really like his explanation about the balancing of the force um, because, you know, growing up, you know, we would think, oh, you know, uh, best lightsaber, you know, blah, 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 blah. So cool. So cool. And then you 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 get to understand this concept of uh, of like the balancing of the force. And the thing I liked is like when you see the, the prequels, one of the, th- the lessons that has to be learned is that the Jedi think that the way they're portraying it at least you know i'm, I'm sure like you know going to lore and certain jedi sees things differently especially mace window sees things differently but a lot of a lot of the portrayal especially to like general western culture in those pre- prequels is like hey balance means good wins that's not balance mm. the actual yeah. balance is yin and yang having both yeah. of them right so if you really think about it more deeply at the lower le- level of this whole thing, there's going to be as much good as there's going to be bad, right? Yeah. And everyone's trying to p- put things in their favor, and they- they're never going to get that. And so I like when he says, it's like, okay, so Anna gets, gets pulled over to the dark side and what Detex is saying about that and how smart it is for Palpatine. But then you have, well, then you end up getting twins mm-hmm. and the twins have bring power. Luke brings a, a significant uh, force power, but so is Leia, right? And, and, and you balance that out. And so if they were to find a way to, to really articulate that better in a way to like, yes, it's for kids. And that's all fair. But I think that there's some things that they really could have done, like the prequels making you feel more of like the Jedi weren't exactly right. Like posing enough in there to to bring the question like the Jedi weren't right. Their hubris is why they fell and they had too much power, even though they thought that they were balancing things and they should have come to realize that when and realized it too late. Um, And then... Yeah, I, I mean, the, the new movies ain't close to talking about that. So, um, but I, I, I like, I like what he's putting down, and I, and I would love to see more of that, really more explored. The, the general question, it's kind of like, I forget what movie or show recently had this, but when, um, oh, I'm thinking of My Hero Academia. So hmm. when they're talking about, like, are the heroes really doing good things if the heroes are doing something similar to what the villains do, 
right? And so if you if Star Wars would focus more on the question of like where I'm trying to do the right thing and the other side's like I'm trying to do the right thing but and everyone's always like no we need to like balance things back out and be posing the question about what really is balance and and if it not being good because everything about Star Wars always feels like the child part of it and it's like good guys have to win that's what it feels like and there's a bigger layer here that is actually far more intriguing that we don't really get into. So uh, on that point, I actually kind of want to bring up something that Maybot was saying uh, in the comments. She's like, it's definitely uh, like she's speaking about Star Wars. It's definitely for kids, but also for people who lose their way. Finding balance can be just as easy as it is difficult. But to teach that to our youth early is instrumental in character building. And I would agree. I think that's a very good point. It's just that, like you've said, Darcy, they didn't, and like, you know, fair enough. Like some people just don't know how to translate their good ideas. I think George Lucas is one of them. He has good ideas. He's really good concepts. Uh, he ha he clearly has a vision, but he doesn't know how to like get his point across or at least his bigger point across. He just knows how to like emphasize the fun aspect of it. And I think when he was given full creative control in the prequel series, you got to see how completely incapable he was of getting his point across. Mm, yeah, he needs he needs that, like, I don't want to say like Last of Us original writer doesn't know how to get his point across because he did with a game. But you need that second person who comes in and is like, here, let me show you how to make this into a proper movie arc, right? Um, it's like, George, you got amazing ideas. Like, here, let me let me let me let me help you just get that finesse, you know, that finesse to get this done right. <laughs> what what you laughing at, T? Maybot's uh last comment. Oh <laughs> <laughs> this one right here. <laughs> yeah. George Lucas is me writing essays in high school. <laughs> well said. That's why well it's written for kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I like what you said about the um, the reference that you made, Darcy, about the the whole yin and yang, and I think that aspect wasn't well fleshed. It wasn't fleshed out enough, and it reminds me of the kind of like what Agent Smith was talking about in in the Matrix when he was when he was telling Morpheus about that you like that point in time where the humans at one point they were in this utopian world where like it was all peace and harmony and over time they couldn't handle it and they yeah. they drove themselves crazy to the point where they started turning on each other and and evil kind of arose out of the, all out of that harmony right and so it's they kind of the themselves. they pretty much killed themselves right so it's yeah. like i feel like about like neither side okay well the the dark side understood that but it seemed like the Jedi's were were very naive in the sense of like they were. It it seemed like their whole mission was trying to get rid of the dark side, or like, yeah, pretty much just get rid of. No, them. like they like, they cut they cut out everything about the dark side from their yeah, own lives, and were trying to like maintain that in the rest of the world. It's right, like, not realizing that the, the like the two sides have to coexist in order for there to be balance. And I don't think the Jedi really like. Maybe they understood it, but they were, or they were just like I said, they were naive in the sense of what balance actually was, and and the 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 whole essence of the yin and yang, and how that was a, a pivotal part of their survival. And they were misguided, I think. 
Well, like I kind of wish that you would uh, you you would check out the the new uh, animated Star Wars movie called uh, Star Wars series called Tales of the Jedi because like I think another thing that uh, it really did a good job was it showed that the Jedi inadvertently became corrupt mm. because they were they they politicized themselves mm -hmm. uh, to kind of increase their influence. So like like you were saying, like uh, trying to like weed out the darkness, they decided to politicize themselves and ally themselves with the Senate. Uh, and uh, and when the Republic grew to be like galaxy wide, technically speaking, the Jedi's influence became galaxy wide. So does that offset the balance when they become corrupt? Well, they weren't corrupt in the sense of like they stopped uh, doing what they were supposed to do. It's just that they they only did it in places where the Republic allowed them to, or like had jurisdiction. If it was outside the Republic, they were like, you guys have to fend for yourself. But it's like, no, you should be doing it everywhere. It shouldn't just be where, where the Republic says that you could. Mm. Interesting. interesting. What makes that even more interesting is that the Republic was being controlled by the dark side. So they were only able to do things. So it's like almost in a way it's like, is that balance? Is it balance mm. that the dark side is controlling what good the good side can do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's yeah. just like a very like what's the math on that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also Maybot's last comment where she says the Jedi were weakened by their efforts in removing emotion, allowing the Sith to strengthen their power through deep emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like they were misguided, but at the same time, there was always balance. It yeah. just, it's just, it was like the um, there is balance, and then there's perception of balance, right? Yeah. And and the perception is off because I guess if you if you were to go back through all of the story, you could find how there always was balance at every given time. It just didn't always feel like what you wanted it to be. Yeah. So yeah, mm. well, uh, that's it for uh, ooh, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's it for uh, our topics for today. So I'm gonna volley it back to UT for our closing arguments. All right. Well, this has been another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. Once again, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in with us this Friday night. And be sure to check us out next Friday, same time. And if you haven't already, please like, favorite, and subscribe. I'm your boy Tactics. Yo, it is just Darcy here. And this is Big Geek Kumar. Live long and prosper, y'all. And also thank you, Maybot, Ron R., and Courtney for all the fun comments and discussions. Absolutely.